What is going on, guys? We are so excited for today's episode. We have got a special guest, uh, Andrew Persons, a personal friend of ours, and uh, we go to church with, and uh, he's got a testimony that he wants to share with you guys, and we are excited for you to hear it. It's going to be powerful. Let's get started on Real Men Talk. Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their families every day. Here are your hosts. Hey, what's going on, guys? All right, of course, we're here with Kyler Sal. What's up, Kyler? Hey, guys, what's happening? And we would like to introduce Andrew Persons. What's going on, Andrew? What's up, everybody? All right, so I know I know he's, he's excited. He's a little bit nervous. Uh, no reason for it, but... Um, he is. He's a little bit nervous. He's got a. He's got a testimony to tell, and we are excited. So we're just going. What we're going to do is we're just going to jump right into it. Um, Andrew, you're you're kind of want to talk to us about this this um, restoration. Kind of kind of give us a backstory. You know where your where your testimony started. Kind of where this thought process come into. Um, you, you know, just fill us in a little bit. Yeah. Well, my uh, my whole walk with Christ can definitely be. Um, summarize between before Christ and after Christ. And I think everybody's salvation and their life can be defined as before Christ and after Christ. If your life doesn't show a, a fine line, then either you were perfect before you met Jesus right. or something something's wrong. In right. That. So um, I'll, I'll get into my testimony a little later, but... This whole idea of restoration kind of hit me one day when I was reading um, Galatians 6. And in my Jeremiah study Bible, it actually has a whole section explaining some of it, and we'll get into that too. Um, If you don't care, I'll just give you the the Webster's definition that I found on good old Google. Let's do it. Oh, Google. There's two. The first one is the act of returning something to a former owner, place, or condition. And then it usually gives you an example. And the example on this one was the restoration of Andrew's sight, <laughs> which I thought was Yeah, that's, that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> and then the other definition, um, which I think we can clearly see applies to the Bible, is the return of a hereditary monarch to a throne, a head of state to government or a regime to power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, without a lot of biblical knowledge, if you know very much about it at all, you can see how even the world's definition of restoration um, can apply. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, you know, you even take into, you know, like restoring a car to its former glory, you know, um, the the process that it takes it to to go into that it's the same thing that it can be the same thing that happens to us after we find Jesus you know being washed in all those all those rust spots all those you know dents those dings those scars those you know and them being them being wiped clean well and it takes somebody that loves that car enough to go through the process and and do it to it absolutely so in the bible we see tons of examples and i know some of these are from the uh, Old Testament, and a lot of the Old Testament was for the Old Testament. You know, you read um, some of the prophecies and some of the judgments, and they apply to those times and to the people in those times. Mm-hmm. They can be argued to be 
still prophetic. Right. Well, absolutely. Well, what happens is, it, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because this is, this is something I've been kind of digging into a little bit. You know, I've always found, found the, the old Testament absolutely fascinating and, but you're right. Some of those things that, you know, some of those verses that we quote, some of those verses that we do, uh, that we pull out are for the, that biblical time. But the difference is it still shows the nature of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, because God, God doesn't change. He, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, even though you know everybody likes to quote the, you, you know, uh, if my people will call by, you know, call upon my name, and you know, about come other ways and seek thy face and turn from the wicked ways. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you know, you know it. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, and everybody likes to quote that, you know. But that was that was for that was for Israel at their time. Right. But it still shows the nature of God. You know, and so, so to where somebody might argue, well, that's that's an Old Testament, you, you know, thing, but it's still God's nature. Yeah, yeah. A big one that you hear and you see all the time is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. You know, it's all over. Mm, yes. You know, poster boards and signs that people hang up in their houses and everything, and it's a great verse. You know, it's it's it speaks of like you said the nature of God, but it was. For those people at that yes. time, right? You know, it has nothing to do with us today, right? Unless you, right, feel led to apply it to yourself, right? Um, we see in Acts three twenty and twenty one, <clears throat> it says that He, God, may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his prophets since the world began. Um, and that I've got a list here of those Old Testament um, prophecies of restoration that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just from me using the concordance of my Bible. That's not... Right. I, you know, I didn't go into a, a three or four month study of this. That's just that's just using the resources that you have, and l- just just using the one word restore or restored or restoration. Right. Um, and you can find all of these examples so easily. Uh, Jeremiah thirty speaks of the restoration of Judah and Israel from their enemies. Verse seventeen says that health will be restored and wounds will be healed. Joel 2.25 speaks about restoration of the land. Zechariah 9.12 says, Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare, I will restore double to you. In the small book of Ruth, we see an entire family line restored. Yes. Which eventually leads all the way down to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, G- Jeremiah 27.22 says, Even concerning the vessels of the house of the Lord, they shall be carried to Babylon, and there they shall be until the day that I visit them, says the Lord. Then I will bring them up and restore them to this place. Yes. So from the land, the people, even down to the spoons and ladles they used in the temple, you know, this idea and this theme of restoration can be seen basically since the fall. Absolutely, all the way through to Revelation. That's the and, and the reason why is because you see that that's that's what God is doing to us. He is restoring us, you, you know, um, and and He's restoring a fallen people. Mm-hmm. That you know, because once Adam and Eve fell, 
I mean, that's that's been the constant, constant. I don't want to say struggle because it's not really struggle, but the constant doing is God constantly working to restore us. You know, and here we are. We're ignorant. We're we do stupid things. We fall away, and God, you see, God just. Yeah, come back and restore us. You know, every time you know, it, you can always apply Israel to the 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 body of Christ. You know, you see, you know, I, I love I love the story of Hagar. You know, the 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 prostitute that was uh, um, that married the prophet. You know, and all this stuff, and and the way you know she she ran she would go away and he would bring her back cuz he loved her and he she would go away and you know cuz it's a picture of our life yeah even um well in in Matthew 17:11 it says that it, Jesus says that when he comes back he will restore all things and you know he's talking about his uh millennial reign and setting that up and and yes. the world becoming going back to like Eden um, but he's talking about us too. Mm-hmm. He's talking about your salvation. And um, one thing that stuck out to me when I was kind of studying through this and looking for stuff was, and I cannot remember where I got it, but it says, restoration says that there is more to this life on earth than our salvation. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was just about salvation, then you would live your life until you come to Christ and he would take you. Mm-hmm. Yes, kill you. that's right. You'd be done. You know, not you know, he would kill you, but you, you know, your life would be over. It would have no more meaning. Right. Um, but that process of restoration is God giving back to you and blessing you in ways that you ig- ignored him and, and turned yourself away from him in that time that you were living without him. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and a little clarification. I said, I said, hey, Gar, that I was wrong. That was Gomer. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> Well, I, I do that sometimes, and, uh, and they still let me podcast. Can you believe that? And uh, <laughs> that's what editing's for. That's right. That's right. Thanks, Steve. And uh, but uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, and, and again, it goes back to the the beautiful picture of God being able to restore us. You, you know, being able to use something that is so filthy, that's so evil, so broken, and restore it. You know, and um, bring it new. You know, we, we are a new creation, you, you know, old things have passed away and, you know, and so it is, it is a beautiful picture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I said earlier, your, your life should be clearly identified in two parts. I know mine is, um, a lot of my family jokes around and calls it BC, um, before Christ and, and after Christ, because there's a, it's black and white for me. And I know it is for a lot of people out there too. Yeah. Your life should be, um, identified and before Christ and after Christ. And for me, it was a, a real fine line, you know, um, I was raised in church. I'm, Sure, I was dedicated to the church that we go to now. I remember back when it was Ninth and Cedar, and uh, you know all of those great services we had there. I could, as long as I can remember, uh, we were in church as a family in my house. And I went to the children's church. I went to church camps. Um, 
you know, the youth retreats, winter fest, kids fest, kids fest was always in all of those. Even uh, went on that uh, missions trip out to the Dream Center. Oh yeah, in yeah. Los Angeles. That was pretty cool. Uh, so just always pretty heavily involved. I thought, um, you know, parents were, and I guess still are prominent people in the church, or so we think. Um, I think they are, and I'm new, so. Well, I mean, just every we know everybody. We've been there long enough, and when you've been there that long, you know everybody. Yeah, um, and your parents are awesome, so. Thanks. <laughs> I'm sure they'll appreciate that. Neither one of them will probably hear this unless I show because <laughs> they're not. Uh, well, I didn't say it to impress them. It's true. Enough, yeah, yeah. Savvy yeah. enough to get on a podcast. I have to show them <laughs> what a podcast is. So. As awesome as they are, they yeah, yes. they're still that that generation. I've been working on my dad for like three weeks trying to get him to hook his phone up to his new truck so he can listen to these, and he just won't do it. Can't <laughs> do it. But always in church as long as I can remember. Um, I remember sitting in youth one night on a Wednesday night, and it was when Josh was a pastor. Josh mm-hmm. Reasons was their youth pastor, and um, I can't remember the name of the guy or who it was that he was having speak, but it was this guy that had um, walked away from the church and just lived a horrible life of sin, Mm -hmm. Um, addiction and just, you know, the whole nine. And I remember sitting there that night in those old creaky stadium seats they had. Yeah, from the Rogers Theater. From the Rogers Theater. And I was like, you know, why would anybody ever listen to anything that I have to say? I'm just a you know, little church kid who's never done anything wrong. And I'm sure I, you know, I wasn't above sin or anything, but I, you know, I didn't mess with or associate with anything that was sinful in any way at the time. And I just remember thinking, you know, why would anybody listen to me? And I prayed, and I should not have, I said, God, give me a testimony that people will want to listen to. And uh, the Lord's got God. a sense of humor. <laughs> you gave him a challenge. Yeah, and he, he he's got a sense of humor because he asks and you shall receive. Um, and I don't, I would like to stop and say that I don't ever blame God for anything that I went out and did under own my, my own free will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not God's fault I sinned or it, it wasn't God that made me do any of these things to teach me something. This was something that I stepped out and did on my mm-hmm. own free will. And I paid the consequences of it and am paying the consequences of it because they were my own actions. Um, but about... 13 years old, I would say I saw pornography for the first time. And that was just, that was just an instant roller coaster ride for me. Cause mm-hmm. it was an, it wasn't like something, you know, it just every now and then it was every day, you know, every chance I could get alone into myself. Anytime I was in private by myself, I was, immersed in that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say 
you know, it a lot of sins don't just all start at once. It's one thing that leads to another that leads mm, to another. Right. And um, as my moral values started to decline, the people I started hanging out with started getting worse and worse. You know, they were quote unquote good kids and all. And, you know, perfectly good functioning uh, citizens and all that good stuff. But their morals didn't line up with the way that I was raised. Right. And the more I hung out with them, the more I was tempted to drink. And when I was 15, I drank for the first time. And the first night that I drank, I really tried to get drunk and I just couldn't do it. So I couldn't figure out why all these people love to drink so much because it just, it didn't make sense to me. And, um, I told that to one of the upperclassmen that I kind of looked up to at the time. And he set me down at a, a little bar in one of our friends' houses. And he said, don't get up from here until you finish this. And he gave me a bottle of Popov, and that was it. He didn't give me anything to drink with it. And they left And they left me there. I was there alone. And they said, you know, don't get up till you finish this. And I tried. I, I tried to finish it. Um, and I, I don't know if anybody listening has ever done that, but that's awful. <laughs> Did he hate you? There's no reason for any human being, alcoholic or not, to ever do that. Um, it's just... Terrible, but from basically from that night on, um, I was a seven day a week hard liquor alcoholic. I didn't really believe in um, going out and having a few beers. Uh, if we were going to go drink, we were going to drink, and we were going to drink until we couldn't. And uh, you know, I, I, I guess I looked a little older. Than I, than I was at the time, there was gas stations and bars all over Poplar Bluff that would serve me alcohol and, and never carve me. So by the time I got my driver's license, I would just make laps, uh, coming home less and less, still involved in pornography all the time, and uh, started smoking weed. And... Like I said, it's just it's just one thing leads to the next. You know, you, you give a part of yourself away, you're more likely to give another part of yourself away. And it's easier to do so. Mm-hmm. So the marijuana led into um, prescription drugs, just literally raiding people's cabinets. You know, I couldn't be left alone in your kitchen. Um I might be in the same seat you left me in, but I would have raided your cabinets and I'd have everything that you might need. And I would either sell it or take it. Uh, Most of the time I took it. Um, And that, you know, that led even farther into cocaine and the sales of cocaine. I would, um, I went to college in Rolla, which it was a tech school. So I had friends that would order stuff off of the dark web. And you can, I mean, it was, it was basically like walmart.com for the drug world. Mm-hmm. You could order anything you wanted and they would ship it right to your door. Mm-hmm. 
So I would go to college and not go to class, but I would stay there through the week and buy this stuff and either bring it home and sell it or do it. And um, ended up dropping out of college, coming back home, and just the alcoholism just really, really took over. Um, I was not in any way what you'd call a family man. I was in and out of awful relationships that shouldn't have never been in anyways. Um, and just, you know, ruining my life. Mm-hmm. And that's, there's no other, there's no other way to put it. That's the best way to describe it. Just literally taking everything God had blessed me with a, a wonderful family, um, you know, never having to worry about anything in life and not knowing every night if I was going to wake up the next morning and not really caring sometimes. You know, I've never been suicidal in any way or anything like that, but there were several nights where I remember laying down and didn't really care if I woke up. And I don't know right. if that's suicidal or not, but well, apathy is just—it's just as bad, right. you, you know. Uh, and that's what that is. And it's so—it's so dangerous. And really, this is this is a te- I, I, I don't want to. I'm not trying to take away from yours, but you see this more and more every day. Oh yeah, you see more and more of these these kids that they just they just don't care. They they don't care if they if they get up they don't care if they go to school you know and really and that's the reason why the suicide rates are as high as they are is because you you know you get to this point yes. which is which is basically what you're describing where you, you just lose all hope you know and and when you do that the it's it is so it's so dangerous yes it is so dangerous go go ahead sorry no that's right um but basically from. 15 to, I want to say about 23, I'm really awful at dates and timelines (laughs) and when something was or anything like that. But I want to say uh, it was around eight years. Um, I had been on a family vacation with my dad and my brother and a couple of our friends on the eastern side of Florida. And my girlfriend at the time went to see one of her girlfriends on the western side of Florida. So I had already kind of made it up in my mind, you know, I'm done drinking, I don't want to drink anymore or whatever. So dad and them decided to go home. At the same time, she was coming down. So I had them leave me with a uh, Uber like an hour away from where she was flying into. And that's, I took an Uber like an hour down south to uh, some little bar and should not have ever gotten out at a bar because while I was waiting for her there, I drank. Right, why not? Yeah, I mean, you're there. You have no reason not to. Right. Right. And when she did get there, she asked me, you know, Thought you weren't going to drink anymore, which she was a god awful influence, just a terrible, terrible Jezebel spirit on my life. I mean, just awful. Um, 
so she said that, but you could tell she didn't. It didn't really bother her any, and she certainly didn't stop drinking because I said I was going to. Um, but we decided to go on a little fishing charter, and I had drank quite a bit of tequila at that bar, waiting on them to get there, and I got a six pack of the sixteen ounce Bud Light. It's weird how the alcohol will take every memory you have except for certain ones right but i went out on this boat and i had been on these types of trips so many times i didn't really care about the fishing i was just out there to hang out on the boat Mm -hmm. and i had drank one of the beers and i was drinking another one and i got to thinking about how ridiculous it was at how much alcohol and how much liquid I had to consume to even get a desired effect. And I remember thinking, if not for any religious reasons or for reasons of my health or anything, for the sheer fact of how ridiculous this had gotten, right? I'm done drinking. Yeah. And I poured that beer out. I opened the other four and I poured all of them out and I never took another drink. Mm. Huh. And... I, you know, for the next six, eight months, um, I got out of that relationship, um, but I still went to the bar every night, Monday through Saturday, and some bars on Sundays, because that's where I, my friends at the time, or who I thought were my friends, that's where they were. So I didn't drink anymore, but for the next several months, I still hung out in those places. And I remember. It was a Sunday night, and I don't have the preacher message and everything lined up. I can't give you all those details like some people can. Um, but I walked up to the altar at our church at the Palace of Praise, and I said, if you don't take this from me, I'll fall back into it, and it will kill me. Right. And when I raised my head, you know, I didn't see some glorious light or, you know, a dove flying or or, (laughs) an audible crazy voice or anything. I have had a few experiences like that, but it wasn't like that that night. I just stood up and I didn't crave alcohol anymore. Right. I didn't, I didn't want it. I never wanted it since. Um, I've, I've been in a couple of bars since then, you know, there's places around town where half of the restaurant is a bar. Right, um, and people have bought me drinks and sent them to my table since, and um, you know, it. I just don't crave it. I don't want it. I have mm. no want for it. Praise the Lord, whatsoever. Right, you know the the smoking and everything took a little longer. Right, to God to kick. was kind of kicking me in the butt, and he was like, "Okay, you know, you do this one. Right, and I did that one. You do these." Right. And he'll, he will discipline you in that way. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, and, and sometimes I was telling somebody this the other day and I, I may have shared this on here before. I don't, I don't know, but a lot of times you'll see people who God does miraculously take things, you, you know what I mean? And, but the vast majority of time and the vast majority of things, God makes us work our way out of it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I equate it to giving a child everything. If you give a child everything, they will never appreciate anything, right? Preach that. But if you if you make a child work for what they have, 
they will appreciate it all the more. And so, so you take that equation to to us coming out of uh, out of addictions, mm-hmm. out of you know all these different things. When we, we by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, pushing us to to, to come out, of, you know, continually convicting us, continually to to put us in situations where 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 you know, hey, you can either you can either do this or. You, you you know you can see the victory on this other side. You, you know what I'm yes. saying, and and when you come through that, you appreciate what God has done in your life. Right. You know what I'm saying. You you appreciate that, and so yeah, absolutely, uh, Andrew. What this is this is going so well. I'm excited. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little bit of break. We're going to come back. We're gonna, we're going to hear about the the other side uh, of your testimony, and I I'm stoked. So we'll be right back after this. This portion of Real Men Talk is brought to you by The Jeweler's Bench. They are a full-service jewelry store offering many styles of gold, silver, diamonds, and gemstones. And all jewelry repair is done in-house so you can get your treasured pieces back as soon as possible. They are also a licensed citizen watch dealer. Make sure to visit them today at 1353 North Westwood or call 573-686-1522 call or stop in and thank them for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion. Dad, can you drop me off here? Oh, I can drive you all the way to school. I don't want my friends to see me with my dad. For years, we've been telling God to get out of our schools. Quit telling me what to do, Dad. I can make these decisions myself. Okay, son, if you're sure. And we've been telling God to get out of our government. Look, I'm 18 now and I'm moving out. I don't need you anymore, so stay out of my life and leave me alone. Basically, we have told God to get out of our lives. Bummer about wrecking your car, man. And you don't have insurance? Yeah, can you believe it? My dad has all that money and he won't pay my car insurance. Now I have to pay for the wreck myself. It's just not fair. Can we expect God to give us his blessing and his protection if we demand that he leave us alone? The Bible says that if we return to the Lord, he is gracious and compassionate and will not turn his face from us. Will you turn to him? Another message from Lifeline Productions, located on the web at lifelinepro.com. This portion of The Real Men Talk is brought to you by R.L. Persons Construction. For over 29 years, they have been a regional leader completing projects that include private, municipal, state, and federal agencies of all types. From mass grading, utilities, concrete of all types, to buildings both conventional and pre-engineered steel. You can expect excellence in all aspects of their finished work. Contact them today at 573-686-1323 and let them know you appreciate them bringing you Real Men Talk. If you have a question about this week's show, please drop us an email to realmen at palaceofpraise.com. We would love to hear from you. 
And now back to the show with Anthony and Kyler. All right, guys, we are back. And, uh, you know, Andrew, I really appreciate you, you know, sharing your your testimony. You know, sometimes that stuff can be very hard to relive those kinds of things. You know, um, you know what what Satan has done in our lives. You know, I I know like whenever I get into, you know, some of the things that that I had done in my past and in my teenage years and different things like that, it can be kind of hard to rehash. Um, And a lot of people like that. But there's something healing about that. You know about bringing that to light and about bringing that to uh, to to fruition or whatever whatever that that term is called, but to 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 bring that about, man. And and what we're getting ready to get into because I've seen I've seen this transition. I was there the night that that you went to the altar. I was there, you know. And so from that point to this point today, it, it's it's exciting. So let's let's dig right into it. Well, that's where the whole idea of restoration. You know, it kind of clicked like a light bulb in my head. Um, like, duh, you know, I gave you the testimony you asked for. Now I'm going to restore to you everything that you threw away and, and everything that you um, skipped out on or lost. However you want to view those eight years of running away, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not like during that time God didn't want to bless me. Right. Or he had his back turned on me or something. The only reason I'm alive is because he was with me. Right. I've been in eight car wrecks where I would say six or seven of them had to be towed away, you know, total vehicles. And that's just mine. Mm-hmm. I've been in at least one more than I can think of. I've been in enough car wrecks I can't remember them all. <laughs> and right. um, I was in my first one last week. Yeah. Eight. Yeah, and walked away from every single one. I think one time I had a little bit of like a sprained ankle feeling, like a sore ankle. That was it. You know, to say that, um, you know, God's hand wasn't on me while I was doing all of those things is just foolish. Right, and it's kind of cool how you can look back and – and this is something I've started to pray, you know, you know, because there are there are many, you know, now this stage of my life, I'm dealing with men who have children who are, are wayward and different things like that, you know. And part of my prayer is, Lord, while they're acting stupid, protect them. Yeah, you know, and until they they come to light, and, and I say until because well, they're they, going to, and they have to have that. Right. Um, Paul in Galatians six one. I'm skipping ahead here. But he tells us, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you be tempted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're out there living that life, there's always people that care about you and will watch over you whether you think so or not. And a lot of time when you are living that life, you avoid those type of people. Right. You know, I can uh, I can think of several times when I was drinking in public places and saw my pastor or saw people from the church. And I mean, tuck tail and ran out the door. Yeah. Because, well, I, I was being convicted. Right. The guilt, the shame. Also, the, yeah. I knew that if those people got a hold of me, they'd pray for me right there in the middle of the <laughs> restaurant. And, you know. Yeah. Um, that would be that, you know, we, we'd have a, 
little throwdown there in the middle of Maya's. <laughs> That's something. why when we have guest pastors, I don't sing on the pastor side. I sing on the other side. That way they don't get close. <laughs> um, but no, I, that night um, I went to the altar and, and I would say that was my rededication of my life to Christ. You know, I had personally made the decision that I wasn't going to live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord took what I believe was my biggest vice at that time and just completely freed me from it. Um, but there were other things like, you know, the drinking went away, but there was still the smoking. There was still the pornography. There's still the um, prescription drug. I don't even know the word for it. Yeah, like just taking them. I mean, you guys, yeah, like self medicating. Yeah, Um, and but those things, you know, slowly went away. And I was in this process with the Lord of ridding myself of these sort of things, and um, was still um, chasing women that were not godly, that were not going to church, that um, were not relationships I needed to be in, and they just kept going wrong, kept going wrong, kept going wrong. Um, and f- I remember praying one day, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't pray in King James. Right. Know, a lot of times I talk to God, like, like I'm talking to you guys. Right. And I was like, okay, God, you know what? I've been trying really hard <laughs> to find a good woman. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look anymore. When you have somebody for me, I'll know it. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna ask you to show me. I just. I'll know it. I know that you'll have me know it. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't two weeks. I know. I know that should have been like two year process where I focused on myself. But it wasn't two weeks. Um, my wife walked into church and passed me on my right and sat two rows ahead of me. And I was like, who is that? (laughs) And she claims she's went to that church for a long time. I don't buy it because there ain't no way somebody like that's going to sit two rows ahead of me and I'm not going to. You know, right? Hey, I I get it, dude. Hey, I still remember the dress Dusty was wearing the first time I met her. Really, first time I seen her. Yeah, she she came into Steak and Shake for a interview. I was working at Steak and Shake, and I was like, "Who is that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Who is that? (laughs) Who is that?" Oh, I know that feeling. And uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a real super outgoing person, but I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna find some sort of way to talk to her. And good old Facebook, man, she posted a story of some little ducklings at Buckeyes over in Jackson. Mm-hmm. And I, I messaged her. And I was like, they got <laughs> this me is my ducks. chance. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and it was, I mean, I still have, I think, I don't have that Facebook account anymore, but I may have a screenshot or something of like the first message ever. Um, but just to, that was... Other than being delivered from things, she was probably my first tangible evidence of restoration. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I could not have asked for anything more in a wife as far as godly, responsible, you know, got her head on straight, 
just, I mean, if you could write down positive attributes of a woman that you would want to have in a wife, she's got it. Mm-hmm. And, and I was, you know, it, it was literally too good to be true. It's still too good to be true. <laughs> like I get to go home to that. And we all like, think that too. Ridiculous. And ridiculous. <laughs> um, I, I, I asked your dad one time, I was like, how much is he paying her? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got enough. I just find it funny when you go back. You you said the words. I, I she said that she's been going to our church for a while now, but you never saw her. And years, years, and it, it's just funny how when we fully commit ourselves, when we fully dedicate ourselves, how our vision changes. How the Lord can take something that we've never noticed, that we've never wanted, that we never knew He wanted, and it suddenly He He paints this new picture for us that when we fully embrace who God is our sight is restored mm-hmm. because we we are so focused on seeing one thing that he will go through and that he will just change everything and suddenly we we see things in a whole new way we see people in a whole new way we see people we never thought we'd see or right. we see things happen well, that we never and, thought we'd see and you know it's not like she's coming to church by herself her whole her family takes up a whole row <laughs> a couple Two of rows them ahead of us yeah <laughs> And, you know, every, in a church that size, I'm sure in mega churches or whatever, it's different. But, you know, my family's got a row. Your family has a, a pretty well a section that they take up, probably a large section of the church. <laughs> Listen to it. <laughs> He's yeah. not coming back. Half of them are in youth anyway, so. Yeah. Kyler's normally on stage until he comes off on the right. Him yeah. and Lacey and Melody, they sit down on the right. You know, the musicians are down there. And we sit in the middle on the on the left side of the middle almost towards the back and she she sits here and says that she's been coming to this church since like 2014 or something I said, no you haven't <laughs> were you in the directory because if you weren't in the directory it wasn't official I'm like i've been here you haven't been here and then i look and she's got like eight people that, that sit in the same spot every week and i'm like I don't know about that. <laughs> Suspicious. I don't think you've been coming. I would have seen you. But, but they funny. have. You know, they, they, they've been coming. They, they do go to church there. Um, and it was before I knew her. So just the way. And, you know, we met each other in uh, 20, 2021. And we were married in 2022. And... Um, first thing we did was what a lot of married couples say never to do, and that's build a house. <laughs> so during the time of engagement and coming up to be married, we started building a house, and it wasn't stressful. I told her what I wanted. She told me what she wanted, and we did that, and that's it, it wasn't at all stressful on us. You know, it was really kind of fun other than yeah. the price of everything. Right. Worst time in history to build a home. Yes. Um, but it was fun. Um, fairly shortly into the marriage, she got pregnant. Our first baby boy is due in one month from now. Congratulations. Thanks. It's yes. awesome. And uh, it's funny. She, you know, you come over here the other day. And um, pick up that kitten or take care of, uh, I guess, skunks. But anyways, and uh, he, she got out of the truck, and I was like, oh, my goodness, she's going to pop. Yeah. 
Yeah, like they, they hit that stage, you, you know, <laughs> like they hit that stage yeah. where, you, you know, a, a, a pregnant woman, and, and I don't mean this in any derogatory way, is a beautiful thing. You know, right. a life Absolutely. creating, you know, the body creating a life inside of them. You know, it is just a beautiful thing. Women glow when they're pregnant, you know, and stuff like that. But once they get to a certain point, they're like, I'm done. <laughs> oh, she, she's, she's there. there. I was yeah, about to say, there. you haven't had she, a baby in three years. So <laughs> she told uh, our doctor today, she was like, I love my baby, but it's time, it's yeah. time for him to be out. He's got to go. I'm sick of being pregnant. And I was like. You know, I feel great. I, mean, I, could, <laughs> right. I could do this for nine more months. But uh, I remember Dusty being there. You know, obviously multiple times, and uh, you know, she five. just gets to that point. I'm, I'm finished. I'm, I'm finished. Sick of it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we're we're to the point now. She's got a month left. But if it was, you know, as long as he's in good health, if it was in two weeks, or he said something today at our appointment about twelve days from now, it could be any time. Right. You know, and. There's perfectly healthy babies born three, four weeks early all the time. Right. Mind. So, so we, we have no doubt whatsoever, you know, and if you back up, it's 2023. If you back up to 2020 or 2019, I had no vision of mm-hmm. building a home or living on 65 acres with 30 cows mm-hmm. or having a beautiful godly wife with a baby boy on the way or decorating a nursery or being able to drive down the road safely without looking over my shoulder um, or worrying about killing somebody. And when I decided, and I don't mean for that to sound selfish, but when I decided to give my life to Christ, he was there. He was ready. Right. He was waiting on me mm-hmm. like the prodigal son's father is always waiting on mm-hmm. him. And I got to come back. I got to see my father from a far off distance and run and meet me. And I got to feel that embrace. There's been times where I've been bawling my eyes out in my truck and I've cried out to God, Lord, how am I going to do this? How am I going to turn this mess around that I've gotten myself in. And not long after the altar experience I talked about, Mm -hmm. I was driving down the road and I asked that, how am I going to turn this around? How are we going to fix this? Right. And he said in an audible voice, like you always hear people talking about, he said, flee from sin and I will provide for you, my son. Mm -hmm. And he has... I don't know what tenfold means, but I've got that. Right. I, I've been restored. And it's, it, I mean, my baby's on the way. We've got, you know, life plans and all that good stuff. But I, I'm content right where I'm at. Right. I'm happy right with everything I've been given. Just the chance to live in general, but everything he's done for me along the way. It's just, there, there's no compare. There's, yeah. It's hard to even describe. Yeah, still to this day, you know, Dusty and I, see, today's the 5th. So, Thursday, today's Tuesday. Monday. Today's Monday? All right, so Wednesday. (laughs) I don't even know what day it is. Uh, Wednesday, Dusty and I will be celebrating 20 years of uh, our 20-year anniversary. And um, and so, uh, like, I still pull up in my driveway, and I'm like, God, how did you do this? Mm Mm-hmm. 
you know, how did yeah, you, how did absolutely. you, how did you make this work with me? Right. You, you know what I mean? Like uh, uh, of all people, how did, I'm suspicious of it. Uh, you, I, me too. I pull up to my house and I'm like, I'm going to have to do something. <laughs> you know, he's going to have me do something. <laughs> there ain't no way this is yeah. free. Yeah. <laughs> like, no God, you, you they know. say it's free. Yeah, there's no way this is all free. No. You know, yeah. It, you know, and so you, you see that. And man, God is so good. You know, I, I look back and, you know, and similar to, to what you were talking about, look, all the stupid things I've done. I still do. You, you know, my, when you grow older, your sin may change, but there's, it's still there. Like you still, nobody's perfect. Everybody's got stupid stuff that we do. You know, it it may not be in drug, involve drugs and alcohol, you know, and all that stuff. But you know, stages of your life, you know, you should not still be getting angry about those same things. You should not be losing your cool on somebody driving down the road the way that you do and having right. your little kid re- repeats, you know, you freaking moron, you, you know, <laughs> and then your little three-year-old goes, you freaking moron. And I'm going, oh my gosh, Sounds Lord, like you've been me. through this. Yes, yes, yes. Not a coincidence, his kid's three. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Yeah. And so, you know, but, but, it, but seeing that and then still seeing God use me, mm-hmm. In, in these avenues and bless me every, every day, every you know, day. every day, you know, it, it is like, it's mind boggling. You know, how do how do you, how do you do this? How do you make this work? Yeah. You know, in Exodus 15, 26, it says, if you will willingly or diligently listen to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do that what is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statues, I will put none of these. And he's talking about, you know, how, um, He's sending all these plagues and stuff to Israel. He said, I'll put none of these diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. And when you look into that, um, when I was looking up restoration, it said that his name is Jehovah Rapha, which Mm -hmm. means Lord, your healer. And that's exactly what restoration is. And that's how he uses us. That's how he still uses us. He will go through and he will heal. He will um, mend together the brokenness. And it's, there's not one way that he can do it. He can do anything. Um, in Jeremiah thirty seventeen, it says restoration can happen in our physical bodies. When you go through and you look at um, Psalms fifty one twelve, restoration can happen in our spirits. Um, when you look at Job forty two ten, restoration can happen in our circumstances, our surroundings. And then in Second Corinthians five seventeen, it says it's talking about it says therefore if anyone in Christ is a new creation, they'll pass away. You know, we talked about that a little bit before, but it says restoration is always visible. Um, and this is from more than yourself. It's a blog that they put together, but it says restoration will always be visible on the outside, but it will begin on the inside first. And yes. it's something that he has to do the work on the inside first. He has to change us fully in our heart and our soul and our mind and our spirit. Then people will see that on the outside. That's right. And you can, from your testimony, that was a change that you had to make on the inside first. And now when you walk into church, when you walk into anywhere, people see that on the outside. Yeah. And when they go through, um, I was looking at how we ke- I kept going and I was doing more research on restoration. I looked at how, what's the process of restoration. And there's not a, there's not a, here, here are these following steps for you to be restored. But there's usually about four different things that happen. And one is that God will replace our hearts of stone with hearts of our, he will replace in our lives what is not good. He'll, re- right. he'll take from us 
what is not valuable to him, what we are changing for him. And then he'll renew. He will take our, take our minds. He will continually renew us by focusing on the Bible. And that's something that, especially this week in my life, um, pastor Randy talked about it last night. He goes, you have a weapon and that weapon is the Bible yes. and he will make you dive deeper into his word because he gives us everything in his word. Even in the old Testament, those things are applicable to us still. Yes. And then he'll, he will revive us through the resurrection of Jesus. We were given eternal life and he will remind us that I, I gave this to you. I am the full atonement for any sin that you've done. And there's nothing more that you can do that I'm not going to love you for. There's nothing evil, nothing, no matter what you think is bad. And that's, that's where the devil will feed lies into us. It's, it's, you know, even like for me this week, it's, I'm praying and I feel like there's a wall. I feel like I can't like get, God's not getting it. And it was, it wasn't finally until probably a couple of days ago that I was like, no, the Lord is here. I just have to accept that he is here and yes. I just have to listen. Mm-hmm. And that's where he will, he will revive us. And then the last one was return. So we had to replace, renew, revive, and then we had to return. All we have to do is we just have to make that decision. When you went to the altar and you said, you know, God, I just want to return to you. That's all we have to do is we just have to ask him. And he's always there. He never left us. He still walked by you day in and day out. He walks with all of us day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And all we have to do is just choose to just, and I kind of picture it like this, like you're walking the opposite way and you forget something and you just, you turn around and you just go back. You go yep. back and you get it. Yes. And it's not that we we forgot God was there, but it was, I mean, I guess it was. It was the, We forgot that we had this loving father that was always going to accept us because the devil fed those lies into your life, into my life, into Anthony's life, into anybody's life that he can and he will do. And so we just have to remember that he is always there. He's always waiting for his son to return. And all we have to do is just do it. That's right. That's right. You know, Andrew, I want I want to thank you for coming in and giving us your your testimony and 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 letting us see and the listeners see your restoration yes. what God has done in your life. You know, cuz it it brings hope to everybody else. You know, a testimony is never meant to be uh, our own just for us. It's it's for others that's to It's not for you. That's it's right. It's for everyone else. Absolutely. You know, and and so for others to be able to hear and, and to have hope, you know, hey, I may be I may I may be living the lifestyle that you were in right now, but there is still hope because you know, mm-hmm. just like Kyler said, and there's a way out. Yes, you know, a lot of times when I was living that way, I knew that there was a way out. Mm-hmm. I'd always know that there's a way out, and I think people that are living in that life that don't know Jesus know that there's a way out. Right, and that can prolong those lifestyle habits, mm-hmm. knowing like, well, I'm fine today. You do whatever you want to that day, and then you go to bed that night. You wake up in the morning. Well, I'm fine today, right? And, right. I mean, it's a it's a vicious cycle. Yes. And they know that because you know they didn't wake up in a hospital bed, or they didn't total their car and kill somebody, or something like that, or they're not in a jail cell, that they have an opportunity to do it again. When the greatest opportunity that they can take hold of is get away from it mm-hmm. and take hold of the life that. Lord Jesus Christ wants you to have. That's right. That's right. That's that's beautifully put. You know. And so if you are a listener, if you are you, you know, you're struggling with with any of these things, you know, pornography, drugs, alcohol, um you, you know, uh, sexual immorality, you know, you know, the list goes on. You know that there is hope and his name is Jesus. You know, yes. there, there's not that you've you've not gone too far. Um any of us have have not gone too far to 
to receive the gift that G- our Lord Jesus Christ has has paid for us. And, um, you know, it, it fi- find somebody, you know, begin this process, you know, call out to him. He, he will. He will rescue you right where you're at. He will restore you. He will bring restoration to your life and to your soul and to, you you know, everything that you are. And, um, you know, and I would love for, you know, reach out to us, you know, or if you know somebody who's, who's dealing with things like this, share this podcast, you know, the more it's shared, the more it's liked, the more people can get to it. And, um, you know, um, just reach out to us, realmen at palacepraise.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We would love to hear from you. If you need prayer, let us know. If you are looking for a church, let us know. You know, if you are, if you just need somebody to, to be like, hey, man, I'm, I'm struggling, let us know. And um, we love you guys. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate what you guys uh, being a part of the, the this podcast. I know that we are trying to pour out to you, but we appreciate you and um and your comments and 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 all that stuff so and as always um i want to end in a prayer holy spirit teach us to be leaders of our homes of our communities and of our churches and teach us to be godly courageous men in jesus name amen You've been listening to Real Men Talk, brought to you by Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you would like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmen@palaceofpraise.com, or visit our website at palaceofpraise.com. If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media Service. Real Men Talk has been brought to you this week by RLP Construction in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For commercial contracting of all types, see RLP Construction today. And by the Jewelers Bench in Poplar Bluff. They are your one-stop shop for all your fine jewelry needs. They also do in-house repair and are your citizen watch dealer. Make sure to thank our sponsors for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. 
Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschelbest Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion.